Hi, I'm Tina Desiree Berg, and welcome to the 34th. For teacher, I wanted to ask you about some of the revelations uh, uh, in the complaint, uh, uh, specifically the close ties between uh, the, some of these uh, some of these tech giants like Google and Apple. Uh, that uh, because on one hand, Google is arguing that the default uh, that it, its use of its search as a default on Apple uh, equipment is not a big deal because the user can switch it. But at the same time, it's uh, it was revealed that spending eight to twelve billion dollars paying Apple eight to twelve billion dollars a year just to have uh, Google's uh, Google's uh, search be the default on all uh, uh, Apple equipment. Yeah. Now, this is a really important revelation. I mean, there's some aspects of this lawsuit where those of us who've been watching this field are saying, this suit should have been brought a long time ago. A lot of Google's behavior is really obvious. It's obvious there's a monopoly, and it's obvious that it's been uh, using its uh, power in uh, uh, to maintain its monopoly, using its contractual power to do so. Looking at the relationship with Apple is really important, because here you have Google paying Apple. And I think it helps just clarify something that I, that I argued in my book, which is that we are dealing with um, something akin to, you know, mafia power, where you have a handful of uh, big companies that theoretically compete, but they're also supporting each other and growing their power, and they are effectively competing against democracy. It's an alternate form of governance. And so here you have Apple getting rich off of Google uh, maintaining its uh, monopoly. And, and I, what I think this points to is the importance of people understanding that this suit can't it only is the beginning and has to only be the beginning. Um, the uh, antitrust subcommittee, Cicilline's um, investigations, uh, was absolutely revelatory. And this was a House committee with five staffers going up against uh, these four big tech firms. And we learned about self-dealing behavior on Amazon's part, the way that Apple operates. And we have enforcers who've just been sitting on the sidelines for decades, kind of acting as if there's something magical about tech that we, they're acting in two ways. One is that there's something magical about tech, that if we actually enforce basic laws, uh, then, then uh, you can't have nice things. Tech will go away. In fact, all of history suggests the opposite, that antitrust is essential for innovation. And this is something the, the suit talks about. But it also shows just how deeply both, honestly, Democrats and Republicans have bought into this really dangerous idea that we don't have an anti-monopoly problem unless you can precisely point to consumer prices going up. Tina Desiree Bergen. This week on the podcast, we're speaking with friend of the show, Ron Placone, who is not only an amazing comedian, but a very well-known activist. And this year, it's going to be antitrust summer. And I invited Ron to come on and talk a little bit about two bills that are now working their way through Congress. Welcome, Ron. What's up, Tina? Good to see you. Thanks so much for having me. And, and thank you very, very much for covering this. Uh, this is a very, very timely topical fight, one that we have a chance at winning. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just doing everything we can to try to get these bills, the vote that was promised, 
and um, and hopefully passed. I mean, so yeah. so here's the the situation. There's two antitrust bills floating around Congress right now. Uh, OMA and ACOA. Uh, I still gotta. I don't have the things memorized, but it stands for Open Apps Market Act. Yeah. Uh, so and then American Innovation. Two nine nine two two seven one zero for the geeks out there. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But I just like, I mean, I just remember the short, like the OBA and ACOA, but then right. I have to like double check. But it's American Innovation and Choice Online Act and Open Apps Market Act. So what these bills do? The Open Apps Market Act right now, the App Store, like any App Store, is dominated by Google and Apple. Mm -hmm. So they call the shots. They make it very difficult for alternative apps. You have to pay these exorbitant fees and these high commissions just to be there. And then they also dictate what software does and doesn't work. This bill changes that. It levels the field for alternative apps and new apps. And it also uh, lets you, the user, decide what software does and doesn't work on your phone. Um, ACOA. Now, now, this is a fun one. Now, now I'll also let people know, if you go to antitrustsubber.com, which first of all, go there, sign the petition. Um, and there's a segment that John Oliver did yeah. that is actually a very excellent segment on this issue. I, I don't agree with everything I've ever seen from that show. I certainly have some disagreements with some of the stuff they've done, but when it comes to digital rights, they yeah. freaking nail it. Like they yeah. nail it on net neutrality <laughs> and they nailed it on this antitrust issue. So it's a really good segment. I it's highly recommend segment. it. My it's favorite part is the opening segment. section where they, how did they even find this video oh from, that like, was so funny <laughs> they, they found this early commercial for the and you internet know it was shot on 16 millimeter it. right because they yeah. were digital <laughs> it was so great and, and so yeah so it's a very funny segment and also it really does a fantastic job breaking these bills down mm -hmm. so um so that's what oma does ACOA. so when you search for things online and most people they search using google or amazon that's just where most online searches happen what both of these platforms do, what, what Google and Amazon both do, they will give preference to their products and services over everything else. So what Google does, we'll start with Google, they will do what's known as data scraping. They'll take information from other web resources, compile it as their own, and then that's what they show you in all the search results. Right. So you got to go to the second or third page to get to source Organic. material. Yeah. Yeah. And, and which, you know, we all know, Tina, if you're in the second or third page of search results, you might as well not even be on the internet pretty much. No one goes yeah. there. So I, actually, I do. Can I tell you, I'm not, I'm now automatically programmed because of this to start on the second page. Well, you're, you're, you're a rare breed. I mean, <laughs> most people aren't doing that, but, no, but they're I, not. I, I, I try to be mindful of that too. But, but yeah, so, so. They do this, and that takes traffic away from other websites yeah. that need it for their own businesses. That's right. Uh, Amazon, here's what Amazon will do. Uh, and this is the example that they gave in the John Oliver segment. Amazon will favor their generic products and services over everything else. So what Amazon will do, oh, and by the way, they help them maximize their profits by harvesting your data. So right. here's an example. Let's say there is a popular designer bag, for instance. This was the example they highlighted on the John Oliver show. Right. It's a designer bag, years of research and development, recycled material, great bag. People are loving it. Amazon, because of the data they've harvested, they know that people love this freaking bag. So right. what they do is they then make a generic version of this bag, offer it for cheaper, and in the search results, you just see pages and pages of their own products and services yeah. over everything else. ACOA right. stops this practice. It says, no, you guys own the marketplace. You guys have a near monopoly on this stuff. So you got to just show the results. 
authentically and generically. You can't favor your own stuff over everything else. That's what ACOA does. So these are two very important antitrust bills that start breaking up these big tech monopolies and starts right. fighting back. And this affects us as content creators too, Tina. Absolutely we all does. know that, that being at the mercy of Google and YouTube, it's, it's not fun, <laughs> especially since we all know the algorithm yeah. stifles independent news. Why? Right. Because they want people to go to YouTube TV and <sighs> buy these nonsense right. subscriptions. Right. And who are their partners in YouTube TV? The, the networks. MSNBC, you know, yeah, the networks. It just slays me wrong because I can't tell you how many times there have been there's been a network that i've licensed footage to they're yeah. using that because they license it they're using it on their news networks and youtube will turn around and like force the same footage off of my channel yeah or oh, yeah. like tell me like i have to go through a whole dmca thing because somebody else is claiming the rights to it even though i'm the one that shot the video and licensed it to somebody somebody else so you, it's like this whole rigmarole you have to go go to to protect your copyrights and YouTube handles it so poorly. You can't get a live person at all, mm -hmm. not even the copyright department, until you like threaten them with an attorney or something. And then all of a sudden they're all ears or you embarrass the crap out of them on Twitter. But it shouldn't be that way. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, let's talk about- So this about is how we oh, start fighting back. So yeah. antitrustsummer.com. And to kind of uh, give people the sense of urgency here. Yeah. So Chuck Schumer has to bring it promised, to the floor. Yeah. He has to bring it to the floor. He promised he would do so the week of June 20th, which is next week. There hasn't been a vote scheduled yet. Here's another fun fact about Chucky Schumer. He's got two daughters. Yeah, one of them is an Amazon lobbyist. Yeah. The other one works for Meta, right. which is Facebook's company. Right. So... Big tech is doing everything they can to fight back against these bills. They've put out a ton of propaganda. They make up all this nonsense about things that the bills do that the bills wouldn't actually do. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, we, we we could go through some of those examples, but it's a bunch of just big tech propaganda nonsense. Yeah, it is nonsense. And, uh, the, have you so, seen the ad where it's like the guys talking about the nanny government, like hands off my phone? It's I, so like... ridiculous. It's so. <laughs> meanwhile, it's like. You could look at the history of antitrust legislation right. in the United States. You could look at times when we got it right, right. and times where we effed it up, right. and you could see the difference. Uh, you know, at one point, AT&T had a monopoly on our phone That's service. That's right. They were broken and up. Mm -hmm. You and I both remember that. You remember back in the day when, when making a long distance phone call, you, you know, you did that once a year because it cost an arm and a leg. So much money, yeah. AT&T so had money. a monopoly. That's why it was the way it was. Legislation broke them up. Antitrust legislation broke them up. And then what happened after? Well, we got an invention called the answering machine. The prices yeah. of long distance calls went way went down. Went down. MCI oh, became and, a big competitor, competitor. Yeah. Yeah. And we got this other cool invention, Tina, called a modem, which helped lead to the World Wide Web as we know it. So antitrust legislation is good from the innovation perspective, 100%. too, because we, we don't know what yeah. we're being held back from. Right. You know, we, we talk about how terrible it is being dependent on YouTube. Well, guess what? Without this antitrust legislation, we're, we're never going to see yeah, what the next YouTube's going to be. We're never going to see what the future of the internet's going to be. So this comes down to what do you want for the future of the internet? Do you want it to be this democratizing super information highway that made it cool in the first place and what it's supposed to be? Or do you want it to continue to descend into yeah. this capitalistic surveillance Mono hellscape? Yeah, that's a, is that, it is a hellscape. So It you know, really is. And so, you know, these antitrust bills, 
they don't solve every issue in the digital rights space. No one piece of legislation is, but, but this a is a hell of yeah. a first step. And I please, antitrustsummer.com, please. It takes 40 seconds to sign this petition. Please, we need you. Okay, yes, I agree. I want to go back and talk about some of ha- uh, some of how we got here. You mentioned a few things. I think let's talk about you know the AT&T situation for a second because I think this is a really interesting uh, case study for mm-hmm. for why we are at where we are. So there was a time the Department of Justice did enforce antitrust laws, and that and you're right, monopolies stifle competition. I don't think that's a crazy statement. So all of these monopolies that we see right now are absolutely stifling competition. Um, so AT&T had a, a competitor that was trying to come up the ranks. MCI was the name of this company. They were offering long distance at, what, you know, 70% or so less than what AT&T was charging. Um, and this, of course, AT&T did everything it could in its power to stop MCI from having a foothold in the market, and including all kinds of crazy things. They lost that battle. Uh, the DOJ came in and, and broke up the company. But now the DOJ no longer does antitrust law. It just has ignored antitrust law now for decades. Um, part of that is the regulatory capture. Part of it is the massive amounts of money that are, that are spent in lobbying. So, you know, the administration from either, both parties really appoint, um, you know, people in the positions of regulation that are friendly to the businesses, right. et cetera, et cetera. So we have that going on. But I would say well, at this point at, in time, at and yeah, well, I just want to say this. AT&T is now put back together and a stronger monopoly than ever before. Yeah. Well, I, I just also wanted to mention, like, like when you were bringing that up, I, I wanted to also say, look at all the opportunities we've missed in the interim. You know, yeah. AT&T getting broken up, that was, uh, you know, a, a good antitrust legislation. Well, look at the business we've had since we've gotten away from antitrust legislation. We had a chance to do something about the banks. We right. didn't. We didn't. How did that work out? Yeah. We had We had a chance to do something about housing. We, we didn't. didn't. How did that work out? Well, it worked out good for the folks at BlackRock. Yeah. Everyone else, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. It just it causes more extraction of wealth. This allows the platonomy to keep extracting more wealth from everybody else. Um, self-preferencing is the other uh, prong on this that you sort of are talking about. When you talk about Amazon Basics coming along, looking at what's selling really well on the website from third parties, and then basically stealing that design, copying it, making it cheaper, and and then putting it up on the search results even higher than the original bag that was popular. This is the kinds of things that they are engaging in. Mm. And it's really bad. Uh, on the YouTube Google side, self-preferencing is obvious when you log into Google Chrome and let's say you type in, uh, I don't know, Hawaiian flowers. So you know, first you're gonna get a bunch of Google images that pop up, and then what are you gonna get on the video side? You're going to exclusively get YouTube videos, which is also Google. So they are automatically serving up search engine results that are not organic per se, but are based on whether or not they reside within the Google family of companies. And this is this is kind of fucked up because when they originally started as a company, that flew in the face of what they were intending to do. They were really proud and they used to brag about the fact that if you log into Google and you use our search engine, you're truly going to get organic results. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that completely morphed. I mean, they used to have, what, do no evil as their damn freaking motto. I mean, like, now it's like the so opposite. Ironic. Yeah, I mean, it's bad news. So um, people should be concerned about this because for this reason, it's really hard to create a whole new YouTube that could compete whole cloth with YouTube. And it's because everybody uses Google Chrome and they're automatically getting YouTube. It just, it's self-preferencing. 
I would also encourage encourage people on that note to stop using Google Chrome. I don't use Google Chrome. I use Mozilla Firefox. What do you use? Search sure. or, or DuckDuckGo sometimes. I actually sometimes. do use I do use Google Chrome, but, oh. but that's just because well, that's just because for Streamyard, it's like. By well, far that's the why best. I don't use Streamyard. So, um, although there is a workaround on that, all, all these things have their problems. Hang though. on, there's a workaround I mean, on that now. Uh, Jordan, Colin, and I figured it out. You can use the OBS uh, software as a virtual camera in Streamyard, which allows you to bypass. Oh you have to be using Chrome. Tina, I'm a one-man shop here. I that's <laughs> come on. That's what I'm doing now. That's what I'm doing now because we use Streamyard. I do too. my best, but you know, I, I got to use whichever web browser is going to work the easiest for me. All right, I'm just saying. On top of Chrome, like basically stealing all your data and spying on you and putting cookies in your computer and God knows what else, they're also doing this. So um, I avoid Google at all costs. I don't want to feed that monster. No, um, I, I, I really do. Well, I don't have Prime or anything like that. I don't like, have Prime like I, either. Oh, we're the I, I only two people best. that don't have Prime. <laughs> I think we might be. Yeah, I but I, I do not have Prime. I just don't. I, I try to avoid it. And look, I'm not one of those people. I understand that someone who lives in like a rural area or something. They have limited know, choices. Yeah, they have very limited choices. So I'm not one of those people like I always say, and I know you and I have had this discussion a bunch of times, but I always tell people, I'm like, look, just do the best right. with your situation. Like, but whatever you your situation yeah. is, you just do your best. Like, right. you know, I live in Los Angeles. I'm not really able to grow much food or anything like that. Right. But I can support my local farmers, and I right. go out of my way to do that. I can avoid places like Amazon a little easier than someone who lives in a rural area. So I do my best to do that. I can avoid, uh, you know, chains pretty easily. So yeah. I do my best. You know, you know it's like yeah. one of those things. Other people, they might not be in it. They might not really have a choice, but, you know, to use something like Amazon. Walmart may literally be the only store yeah. within like a 50 mile radius. Right. So I, I get it. But maybe they can do things I can't do, like grow a bunch of food, you know, so. But, you know, the I mean, reason like, let's I mean, the reason Walmart would be the only store that they have in their area is because of the success of their monopoly. Right. So this is course. all sort of interrelated. That's the thing. They chase everybody else out of business. They don't want the competition. They're succeeding in that. And now they really have a stranglehold on the market. And truly, mm -hmm. it's 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 because the Department of Justice hasn't enforced antitrust laws for decades. Yeah. Yeah. No <sighs> kidding. I mean, it's all connected. And, and yeah. you know, when you look at the global village we are in, you know, it's really important to nip this stuff in the bud when it comes to the Internet. Otherwise, like we are really stifling a revolutionary right. tool that we need right. more than ever. We need it more than ever. Yeah. When you think about the future of work, when you think about the future of society, when you connect it to climate change. Yeah. I mean, this is why it's like, you know, on my show, I talk about digital rights and climate change probably more than anything else. And they're actually two closely related things. If you just like, you know, take the connect the extra dot, you know? Yeah. So, um, so not yeah, antitrustsummer.com, please, everybody. Antitrustsummer.com. Sign, we need you. We need we need to scream because here's what's gonna happen, all right? If we just sort of are quiet and we know that big tech has the ear of all of our officials, they mm -hmm. got them by the Which ear. They do. <laughs> Big time. And so if we're quiet on this, but yeah. you know, the other thing is politicians know this legislation is overwhelmingly popular. They know that. They know that. So if we're quiet on this and they're like, well. 
okay, I guess we could just kind of let this go. And then Congress is going to go on recess, which, of course, they've earned it. They've been working so hard. Please give them a vacation. <laughs> but uh, they're going to go on vacation. <laughs> then they're going to come back from vacation. And they're going to say, we're so hyper-focused on the midterms. We don't have time for anything else. And this bill is just going to go by the wayside. We can't let that happen. We have to scream and scream and scream and scream some more. Because if they see... We know that this policy is overwhelmingly popular. We know that people want it. We know we have the votes for it. Reuters just put out an article. They got the votes in the Senate and the House if everyone votes the way they promised to. So, you know, we got the votes. It's overwhelmingly popular. These people want to keep their jobs. They know November's coming. They want to keep their jobs. So if we scream, we can get a win on this thing. Oh, I agree. Um, So, well, the question is this. Is Schumer going to bring it to the floor? If he doesn't bring it to the floor, it will die. He has to he has to feel like he has no choice. I well, mean, I really. Think- and, and that's why we, we got to just antitrust summer dot com. We have to scream. And, and it's it's all set up right there. My colleagues at Fight for the Future set this up. You sign the petition. You put in your zip code. It goes straight to all your reps. You can call Schumer. You can email Schumer directly if you want to do that, right. too. But please, the best thing you can do is sign this petition. It takes less than a minute. And it's a huge help. Tell your friends, tweet it out, tell your family, spread the word, antitrustsummer.com. Indeed. Um, On that note, let's talk about some of the local primary election results that we're now seeing come in. Sure. Uh, I think- Uh, There's some things to be happy about. I agree. (laughs) How crazy is that? Yeah, how crazy is that? It's an election and there's a few reasons not to be completely miserable. Yeah. So uh, let's start with the controller race. Uh, Ken Mejia, who I know is somebody you have supported, um, he's like he, he's so far ahead right now. I think he might outright win and not have to run in the general. What do you think? I hope he does. I I, I don't. I didn't. I didn't know the margins were that significant. They're huge. The I, margins I, for crushed. Ken are. I, he crushed it, and I think I'll tell you the reason why he crushed it. This was a guy that saw how complete. Speaking of tech, right? This is a guy that looked at the controller website and realized. This is insane. You can't find any information that you want to, it, it, by design, of course. You can't find the information you need if you want to look at, like, police budgets or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's just a monstrous, really poorly developed website. You, so him and his team, as part of, their, as part of their campaign, created a shadow controller website where they put in all of this. And those freaking billboards. And the billboards, yeah. That For helped, anyone not which, in L.A., yeah. they put up billboards all over town that just showed the budget. And it showed a big, long line for the police and a bunch of small lines for everyone else. else, And it was the budget of L.A. (laughs) And that was everywhere. It was. Let's talk about that, because you're right. So part of part of what he uh, part of what this did was highlight the fact that the LAPD budget is literally 54 percent of the city of L.A. budgets. That's asinine. And the reason and I did interview Ken when he was running for office and we talked about this and what he pointed out and why and this is again why his shadow website was so important because you can see it in black and white his point was so many services that had once been done by other people that budget had been put into the LAPD because the LAPD had um, become tasked with covering those items whether it be homelessness whether it be mental health services things that the LAPD should not be handling in any way shape or form why are they being tasked with this to begin with right so so this idea that people are like against this defunding the LAPD is, I think is wrong. Obviously Ken's mm-hmm. winning, but his point wasn't necessarily when we say defund the police, we're not saying get rid of the police and we don't need anybody solving crime. 
we need them to focus solely on that and not be doing mental health calls where people are actually getting killed well, because these guys aren't trained properly. Side note, police don't really solve crime, but yeah, well, <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. All right, fair, but, fair. But just, just to clarify, they solve I, I, about, what, what is it, like less the, than 1% It's It's a very small amount. I think I, it's but like I, I know what you're saying. Or something. Yeah, so, yeah, I understand what you're saying, though. But yeah, so theoretically, right? So, But maybe if they weren't doing all these other things they'd be solving more crime. There's a thought. Well, that's um, the thing. It's all these people. <laughs> and, and unfortunately, this concept has been hijacked by very dishonest actors. Oh, 100%. But when they say reimagine. Right. That's actually a really good idea. It's just unfortunately that concept's been hijacked. Yeah. So when they say now, when you hear someone say we need to reimagine policing, that's a dog whistle for we want to give them even more money. Yeah. But. But the actual where it right. began as an idea is actually a good one. Like, like when you think right. about just the job and what it entails, it's beyond ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. Ridiculous. And that's why, yeah. like, like I say, I mean, I'm actually an abolish the police. But because what I mean by that is not we're not going to have law and order in our lives. What I mean by that is the system that we have is, is so properly? corrupt and yeah. it does not work and it's completely bogus and makes everyone less safe including police officers themselves oh, i agree i agree so we need to completely yeah. we, we need to start over we you can't know, reform we this to it's too over. freaking late it's we need to start bad. over yeah we need to start and I, I wrote a piece on exactly what i would do if i was if i was elected benevolent dictator like i'm like <laughs> this is how i would have law enforcement in a society and i and i wrote a big long piece on what i would do so you know anyway but, so uh, but yeah, the, yeah. So he's not the only one too. So he, over here in uh, my neck of the woods in Northeast Los Angeles, we have two candidates that are now overcoming. They're the incumbents that are yeah. absolutely one hundred percent centric, corporate backed uh, Democrats. So we have in uh, my district is Hugo uh, Soto Martinez, who is now yeah, he, bypassing he made, he Mitchell beat, Farrell. He won. Yeah, he won. Mitch. Uh, oh, did they Mitchell finally Farrell. tie up the? Okay, last I checked, they were still not one hundred percent. Okay, so oh, I thought, but he was, I thought ahead. It was he he's ahead right now. I thought they had called it, but they might have. I mean, they he definitely made the runoff. Oh, 100% made the that. runoff. But I'm and, more excited about the fact that you had the Apartment Association, which is a giant um, anti-affordable housing, anti-rent control uh, business group, had been paying millions of dollars to defeat Martinez. They put it, putting out all of these uh, pamphlets about, mm -hmm. you know, just so you did know, the you, cops against. Yes. The uh, uh, police union did the same thing. And also with Unices, who is in the next district over here. So that would be the Highland Park and surrounding areas. So both of these candidates have now surpassed. So it would be uh, Cedillo for uh, that area. And then, of course, Mitch O'Farrell for this area. So they um, that was not expected, right? People were saying this wasn't going to happen. And these two candidates ran pretty much as open uh, Democratic Socialists. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, labor organizers, I mean, th there were a handful of districts. I mean, I think it was uh, 13 is Hugo. Right. Uh, and then District 1. Um, and then I think there was one other one. Now, my district, unfortunately, um, was not. No, I was disappointed. I was too. And, and I, and I gotta say, I mean, you know, to, since this, since this is a local podcast, you know, I live in the San Pedro area. I'm district 15. We had a lefty candidate running Brian Odega. I, yeah, I, I tried. had him on the show. He was great. Yeah. Brian's great. I mean, I, I endorsed him. I, I helped him as much as I could. Um, and he unfortunately did not make the runoff. He built a really great thing. And, uh, 
I, he I runs know. again. Sometimes you need name recognition. He definitely will. I mean, he's he's a young guy. He's young, he, yeah. he will have a very bright future should he choose to. I mean, whether he goes into electoral politics or, or something else. Right. The really cool thing about Bryant, which I think speaks to what a great candidate he is, uh, he doesn't really want to be. <laughs> In electoral politics, he ran because he knew we needed somebody. Right. But those are the kinds uh, of know. people that should be in office, right? It's like absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's um, like Plato's The Philosopher Kings, right? The people that are the best rulers are the ones that don't want power, or fame, or wealth. Well, the Greeks were experimenting with drafting people, and and I think we should have went that route. You know, I, I'll always be one of those people. We we, we should have went that route. You should get drafted to yeah. to serve in public office, as long as nobody drafts me. Yeah. Uh, then I'm all for it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he uh, he did run a great campaign. Right. And unfortunately, um, you know, the two more establishment um, candidates got through the I think the the overall favorite is a guy named Tim McCosker. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there uh, Danielle, I, I believe Sandoval is her, Danielle Sandoval, I think is her name. Um, but she also got through as well. And um it was a little disappointing because we have a uh, lefty newspaper here in San Pedro called yeah. Random Blanks News. They did not uh, endorse Bryant and they did not endorse Gina Viola for mayor. Huh. So there were two local situations where they did not endorse the uh, lefty candidate. Uh, why um, do you think that is? I don't know. Huh, interesting. Well, let's talk about the mayor's race for a second. Um, You know, I'm in the anybody but Caruso camp. Caruso, not only is he a corrupt billionaire real estate developer, he has been a Republican his entire damn life until January of this year. So this is a guy that switched parties just to run as mayor because that's how cynical things are. He knew that he couldn't win as a Republican, and he's like, fuck it, I'm just going to switch parties and run as a Democrat. Well, so and it's just for no... it's just for appearances That's too. What I'm for, it's for anyone who's not, I mean, yeah. Well, now. well, I just mean like for anyone who's not in LA. I mean, I'm, I'm sure like a lot of people who listen to this podcast already know this, but our local races are nonpartisan, so it's really just like appearance. You know, you say, "Yeah, I'm a Democrat" because everyone's a Democrat in California. So by nonpartisan, you mean because it's an open primary? Yeah, it, well, okay. it's an open primary, and our local races are just kind of nonpartisan races. So it's all so it's all just for appearances and endorsements. Like he all wants right. to so get that's an interesting Democratic way to put it. groups endorsing him. Yeah, I hear you. I wouldn't have I would have thought of it as being um, nonpartisan, but I see your point. Yes, I mean that's just how it works here, and, and I actually prefer. I mean, I think local. Well, races I prefer should open primaries. I agree. I I think open primaries give you the option to vote for whoever you think the best candidate is. And it's also why we often see, you know, independents or Green Party candidates moving into the general election from a primary, which you don't see often when there's just like separate party primaries. And then, you know, they go to the races at the general election. So I think our system is preferable for that. I think it's a better form of democracy. It'd be cool if we also had ranked choice voting. There's people who think that you have to have one or the other. You don't. You can have both both. and it would be infinitely better. Oh, and by the way, just to just to clarify, in case I got it, it is Sandoval. Danielle Sandoval is the uh, person who made the runoff in my district. The other candidate. And, uh, and your what's your uh, thoughts on her? You know, right now, I, I mean, I was just all in for Bryant. So yeah. Bryant was who I was supporting. And, and by the way, I'm still on Team Bryant because 
you know, I, I reached out to him and I just said, look, man, I will help you as much as I can. And you can, you know, share with me anything you want or don't want to share. Um, you know, so the one thing that I know is that the movement that he has helped build, you know, him and his campaign and, and also Fatima, a Balzubar, it yeah. was part of it too. And, and everyone who just lives around here who has helped out. There's, there's people who work for random length news that, uh, that were part of that too. I'm sure they were not for the endorsements that the newspaper ended up giving, right. but, um, you know, both of these candidates, Danielle and Tim McOsker, they both know that they need us if they want to win. That's true. So <laughs> I think that the best thing that all of us can do, and, and I think Brian will, you know, be kind of the spokesperson, whether he wants to be or not, that's just mm -hmm. kind of where it's at. Um, I think the best thing we can do, and I'm willing to do anything I can to help make this happen, um, if this is desired, you know, um, right. is that we should kind of just use our leverage uh, to kind of get behind one of these candidates or neither of them. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. I I've been indirectly right, approached. You pull them over policy-wise to the left to make them earn your vote kind of a... Big time, because yeah. I have heard good and bad things about each of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I did not support either of them. I could vote for one of them or neither of them. Gotcha. One of them could win me or neither of them could, and I will just leave it blank. Because, you know, I have a slightly different attitude towards local politics than I do towards federal. And the one thing that I have a lot of confidence in, no matter which one of those two wins, well, neither of them were my first choice, and I don't know if either of them were even my second. Um, I know that either one of them will be better than what we have yeah, now. That's, exactly that's not right. saying a lot. We, we basically have Donald Trump right yeah, now. We have Joe do. Buscano, <laughs> who is a bully. Who, by he, the way, he's, he's a cop. He's, yeah. he's a bully. He's, he's uh, I mean, he's a monster. Who got and, his ass owned in the uh, mayor primary. So we're happy about oh, that. And it, it, there is a portion of Pedro and, and, and it's kind of, it's kind of hard for me to, as an Italian American myself, there is a portion of Pedro that kind of loves this guy. And it is a lot of the kind of Italian American community mm, okay. because, because he, he hams that up, you know, like he really, I don't think he actually speaks a word of the language, but you know, he really kind of hams that thing up, you know, like, Hey, meatballs. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I think that's like where his little support that sounds incredibly is. performative, but yeah, I see it's totally performative and it's kind of, you know, and as, I mean, we don't need to get into this cause it would, it would really be getting super, uh, uh, super niche and super inside, but, but like as an Italian American myself, you know, there's uh there's some, there's some of that sort of like, um, you know, that identity kind of goes along with conservative politics. There, mm -hmm. There's a kind of cultural thing there that I feel like a lot of people, especially in my generation, are trying to get away from where it's like, yeah, I'm Italian American. I celebrate the food. I celebrate the culture and all that stuff. But I also want to speak the language. I want to know a thing or two about where my ancestors came from. And guess what? All these famous Italians that you celebrate, especially the ones that made movies and other creative things, you want to know how many of them were communists? All of them. Yeah. All of them. You're 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 shining this American flag here and you're pledging allegiance. Meanwhile, you're showing La Bella Vita, a movie made by a freaking communist. That guy's a communist. <laughs> I forget true. his name, but he's a communist. 
So maybe you don't have to be ultra right wing here because the actor right. you're celebrating, also Italian, he's a freaking communist. Yeah. So I'm just saying, either be apolitical or be open to everything. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, uh, no, you it's know. wild how so many so many of these immigrant communities have become sort of neo-fascist in their identities. It's, it's I mean, Cuban Americans. It's, it's uh, some groups of Hispanics. Well, and, and there's always others that are pushing back on that. And, and I guess you know, True. like no like, group is monolithic. Yeah, that goes. Of course. Saying. And, and yeah, and, and so, yeah, when you notice that in one that you belong to, which, you know, like, yeah, I, I am an Italian-American. I do speak Italian. Um, and I happen to live in San Pedro, which is the Little Italy section right. of L.A. Right. That's not why I live there. I, I ended up living here for other reasons. But, you know, it, it's one of those things like yeah. um, I will be happy when he's not our council member anymore for a number of reasons. Right. And, and that is on a personal level, kind of one of them, because that is a, uh, it is a bit nauseating. It is a bit, but, um, Slightly. but yeah, I'm Slightly. thrilled he will be gone. And I do think that Danielle or Tim will be better than him. Right. That's I gotcha. not much of an endorsement, but that's the best I got. No, so but you far. know, like with some of these folks, that's why I said I'm anybody but Caruso. I mean, obviously I have my picks, but I think Caruso is absolutely the worst person we can put in that mayor's office. Um, so right now. He is. I mean, I supported Gina Viola. Mm -hmm. um, I, she was just by far the best candidate. Uh, I don't like Karen Bass all that much. Okay. But let's, let's talk about Karen Bass. Can we talk about Karen Bass? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, there are things I like about Karen Bass. I'll be honest. Um, I do think she's more of a centric, uh, Democrat than a lot of people think she is. Like, I think she gets tagged with the progressive, uh, name quite a bit. I, but she supports some things that are progressive and other things that, um, aren't right. I think she's yeah. a much better candidate than Caruso is. Oh um, well, yeah. So Jeez. I did interview Karen a couple weeks ago, um, small interview, short interview. But one of the things that she said that I think is important is she does um, support overturning the filibuster. So she's separating herself from Biden in that capacity. And I think that's the right thing to do. Um, mm. but how does that how will that m matter in her, her role as mayor, though? You know, it matters I mean, it's, in it's a more nice bigger that she picture. has that. Well, no, it, listen, it does matter. Listen, it matters because right now we're in a very precarious position where we're dealing across the board with minority rule. And the reality is, if we don't think that like the bills, the antitrust bills we talked about earlier, this is a bipartisan mm -hmm. bill. It'll make it through because they were able to get enough Republicans on board. But the way things are going right now, we are at the will of a minority who has really extreme opinions on mm -hmm. things um i think roe v wade being overturned is is gonna happen and it's fucking scary that that's gonna happen sure. i think alito's roadmap for uh overturning roe v wade touches upon many other decisions obviously because everything's based on precedence right so this idea that that uh you know invasion of privacy shouldn't have been an argument made for roe v wade is is crazy to me because that's you know civil rights and a whole host yeah. of other things i anyway, agree with you so, on all those things you just mentioned my point is no i know what your point is let me get there let me get there for right. a second <laughs> all right there um my, so my point is is even though she's more centrist in some of these things i know that she also 
uh, does support doing something about affordable housing, raising the minimum wage. I don't think that's just talk. I think she does see those problems. But I think it's important when you have mayors of large cities like Los Angeles. I mean, this is a city four million strong, uh, one of the biggest in the country. It's, it, re- it represents power. It's a large constituency. So I okay. think um, individuals like her in those positions, giving pushback against the DNC, giving pushback against the administration and power on, on these major issues is really helpful and beneficial. I, I mean, I don't think, I mean, do you, do you, uh, do you, you I, mean, I think she's going to be better than Garcetti. Do you think she's going to be worse than Garcetti? I don't see that. Of course not. Okay. No, I uh, absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I don't, <laughs> All right. yeah, like that's like, um, I just don't really share your enthusiasm. I mean, yeah, I'm glad she holds that view. I, I share my that only view, enthusiasm is that she's, she's not, uh, I think she's, listen, I don't want Caruso. I think Caruso is so bad. So I bad. agree. I, I agree. I and mean, she's beating I, him right now. I don't think I mean, obviously, this will go into the which general. I'm happy about. I, okay. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to even if they're not thrilled about her, which I'm not. And, you know, like her view on the filibuster doesn't really change me not being thrilled. What I am a little bit intrigued about with her is that she is actually making the pivot to go local, which okay. says to me. Interesting. All right. What that says to me, and I don't know this to be a fact or not, because I'm not inside the woman's head. (laughs) But what that's what what that does hint to me, and I hope this is the case, is that she genuinely does want to use public office to do something good. And she looked around and she said, I I hope so. And and I I really I I hope she has an opportunity to prove me right. I mean, my choice is her or Caruso. I'm going to vote for her. I agree with you, Caruso, because here's the deal. Um, I don't agree with her on everything. I don't think she's a particularly great candidate, Mm -hmm. but I do want to believe she actually wants to use public office for some good. And if that is the case, well, then I have two choices. Someone who I know wants to exploit Los Angeles even more than the asshole we have now. Right. uh, Or somebody who actually does want to make this a better city for everyone. And even though I I might not get, uh, she might not have the same point of view that I do on what all that involves. Right. I'd rather have someone who at least is going to is try super, to do yeah, some not good a real estate developer. Yeah. So Caruso is definitely wanting to exploit the city for more. I mean, he's exploited it already as a real estate developer. Okay. So I, you know, that's what he, he made the Grove, which is, I mean, yeah, the Americana, it's a, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's fine if he's going to like do that stuff, but as mayor, he would just prioritize all that stuff. He would make the entire oh, city of Los Angeles, a freaking strip mall, even <laughs> more so than it already is. Yeah. And look, I mean, I live in San Pedro. I know that the waterfront is coming, Yeah. you know, and, and when there's growth and development, it's not always all bad, but it's not, it's not all, it's bad certainly parts to it though, even though there's it's not a, all bad. Yeah, I get you. Of course it's not all bad, but there are yeah. bad parts to it. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of deal with the reality that yes, right. this is coming no matter what, I can't stop it. What I can do is try to make sure that my community is protected and yeah. you know, I will give a little bit of credit where it's due. 
the one Pedro organization. They do have an open house every first Thursday. You attended it with right. me the one time yeah. where they will let members of the community ask them questions. That's right. And, and I did. yeah, we did. We spoke with one of the city that. of LA officials uh, and I brought up my concerns about affordable housing, how development was going in the city. I thought um, she did a very good job of discussing those items. They're one of those organizations, you know, and I will give them credit. And this isn't like an endorsement or that I'm totally right. okay with everything they're doing, but they are upfront about their deal. Like, you know, they're a nonprofit, but they're one of those kind of uh, corporate nonprofits. You know, it's like, yeah, we're a nonprofit, but we're also in a little bit of retail and we also work with some for profits. So that's who they are. And you know, right. that's the reality of the country we live in. There's a million reasons why that's the case in the United States. So you can either try to do your best to hold them to account or just let them treat your city like a playground. Right. Um, I'd rather do the former. So, you know, um, we'll see where it goes. But, but you know, my point in bringing all that up is with a mayor like Karen Bass, mm -hmm. I feel, again, compared to Caruso, if it was Karen Bass versus Gina Viola, I'd be oh, that'd be the a different. Of my lungs for, for, yeah, for Gina Viola. that I wish that was the case. I wish Caruso wasn't too. even in the picture, but here we, we are. We all do. Yeah. But you know, if it's going to be Karen Bass and, and Caruso, I at least know that Karen Bass is going to want to see this community stay this community yeah. uh, as much as possible. Whereas Caruso wouldn't really give a hoot. I mean, when Caruso came to uh, Pedro, he had a private event at the uh, USS Iowa, which is a famous ship. It's docked here or whatever. He had a private event. Some protesters showed up. They got their phones confiscated and they got kicked out. Oh, and then he tweeted later about meeting the people at San Pedro. You're that was him meeting me. the neighborhood. Wait, hang His on. Private how did dinner they, event. How and what by what basis were their phones confiscated? Oh, you could find the footage. I'm surprised you missed this. Uh, People this, City yeah. Council has all of it. Yeah, oh, I don't know Rishi how. Oh, has this. Okay. Oh, yeah, they got it. Yeah, people, I don't know how it happened initially, but you see they got the phone. It's that, um, who's that woman who's always, he's like Buscano's, like, it's almost like she's his, his bodyguard. Almost. Yeah, I know, you know who you're talking, who about. talking I about. Yeah, I do. I, can't I think forget of her, her name, name but, but she's but always she's, there, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, is she like, like, I'm pretty sure her tweets are like protected and private and stuff. <laughs> she just gets, I mean, she's basically a, a, a foot soldier yeah. for, you know, these insanely corrupt people. Yeah. And it's a clown um, show. it really is. I, I forget her first name, but whatever. And, and uh, I think she had the phone. And of course, there were a bunch of people following them out. And and I think Buscato was somewhere there. I don't know where he was exactly, but I yeah. Vaguely I vaguely mean, remember seeing this now, but I don't recall them having their phones confiscated. Was it the LAPD that took the phones? I can't That's recall. Wild. You'd have to check the video, but, yeah, but I know right. someone's phone was confiscated. And, and they also said that they, they made no qualms about it. They were like, this is a private event. <laughs> So that was him meeting the people of Pedro, a yeah, private closed door event. Fucking ridiculous. On like a, on a ship. Yeah, I really, who knows? I, I really yeah. have disdain for Caruso. So, I mean, like. It's terrible. I, just, and then he's, you know, he's getting these endorsements from celebrities that don't oh even freaking right, live so, here. Right. Yeah, that's the Kim thing. Kim Kardashian so, doesn't live in LA, folks. No, she lives in when, Calabasas. What if Paltrow lives in Montecito? None of these wealthy <laughs> so fucking funny. celebrities that have endorsed this Republican live in the city of LA. So they Snoop just... Dogg lives in Long Beach. Yeah. Snoop Dogg actually, lives across the bridge from me. I think he lives in Diamond Bar now, or does he live... Okay, oh, really? So, yeah, I, I don't know. know. I, I, I'm, I'm guessing he's still in the LPC. I mean, I, I thought be. he'd be a lifer there, but but yeah, he's across the bridge 
Long Beach is not Long Beach is LA County, but it's its own city. You cross the bridge over to Pedro. Yeah. We're part of LA. Why are we part of LA? Because we have the Harbor and they're not going to give up the Harbor. We'd actually be much better off if we were our own city too, but that's not going to happen because LA needs the freaking Harbor. That's right. So for economic reasons. So yeah, no, I mean, it's just wild that all of these wealthy and that's what they have in common that they're wealthy celebrities. They don't, you're right. None of them live in the city, so they can just, you know, sit down, take a seat and butt the hell out. Um, but it's a yeah, thing. Whoever's right. mayor does not not affect their life in the slightest. No, not at all. But they don't. I don't even think they give a shit whose life does get affected by this jackass. You know, I mean, like, what's Gwyneth Paltrow's reason for getting so like hell bent on getting Caruso elected? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, is it business? Is... is it the the goopity goop stores that she's got at you know his his real estate development properties? Like, what's going on here? Like, I just I'd imagine he made some kind of or or he just kind of buttered them up. You know, I, I mean, it's like, I I think a lot of, I mean, w- we entertain this notion that celebrities are, are automatically bright people. No, and, and that no, certainly I, isn't I, I the case. I think we've sort of like let that go as a society by now, but maybe I'm wrong. Like, I honestly. I think you're wrong. I, I don't understand why anybody gives a shit of what a vapid Kardashian has to say about anything anyway. Like, I the fact that those, that, that family is still like constantly paying for PR to be constantly in your face in the news is just really annoying because that's what it is a lot of their shit is like they have a paid PR person that's constantly putting out these fake you know uh, what's that entertainment tonight for example that's all paid PR that's like not that's not news like people come on get real this is public relations it's got money involved it's not organic so I just hope we learn from New York's mistake and we don't sleep on this mayor thing i mean i, 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 I know God, yeah. new york i mean that they, they got a cop and, and it's like we need to learn from that mistake and make sure we get you know i mean and yeah like i will be voting for karen bass you know because yeah. it's, it's her caruso yeah i'm not thrilled about it but you know listen she... i prefer her to both caruso and garcetti was she my first to- well, yeah. choice Garcetti's no gina terrible. was gina was definitely yeah. my first choice but having said that She's. I think she's infinitely better than both Garcetti and Caruso. So I agree. I think yeah, there's potential I, I agree. there. I don't think she's uh, bought and paid for entirely by all of this. You know, real estate. You know, it's L.A. So real estate developer money is really running the show, and, and yeah. I don't think she's part of that uh, conversation. I know she's also not paid for by the LAPD union, which I think is a big plus. So I mean, she does hold some more centrist positions, like I was saying earlier, but she also holds some ones that are outside of that uh, group in the party line, which I think is helpful. Well, and I, and I think I don't know. I think the best case scenario, you're going to be able to push her on some things. And, I agree. And I, think- I think you can listen. I think you can. And this isn't the first time I've had inter- uh, exchanges with Karen. Like I talked to her back when she was a state uh, yeah. in the state senate. So. Um, I do think she's sincere and wanting to help the people. I do think you have her figured out correctly in that um, in that capacity. I hope so. I mean, I, I sincerely hope I'm right on that because I mean, usually people all too often, and and this pisses me off to no end. And I wish this wasn't the case. People see local politics as just a stepping stone for something federal. Meanwhile, right. it's like you can you you can do Sometimes, so much yeah. more locally. It's just yeah. not as sexy. No, so, but it like, is more no important, one, so people should pay it's attention. It's way more yeah, important. It's way more important. That's right. And that's why I think sometimes you, you get better candidates overall. Yeah. I mean, you also get some really bad ones because they want to exploit their community. But right. you get some people who they're not necessarily looking for glamour or glory. 
you know, I mean, one of the first things I said when I, when I was making a speech for Brian, I'm like, look, I like Brian because I know Brian's not here because he wants to start a freaking podcast. Yeah. Brian's here because he wants to help right. his community. Exactly. Brian would rather just, and I said this before I heard Brian speak. Yeah. He didn't, I mean, Brian went on to say like, you know, I'd rather just be a teacher right now. I don't really want to do this. He said that I didn't need to hear him say that. I already knew that about him. Right. He didn't have to tell me that he displayed that. And right. that, and that's why I really like the guy. Uh, and, and I will say this, uh, you know, to, to kind of, cause I forgot to highlight this in my district. Over on the state side of things, Fatima did make the runoff, which yes. I'm really excited about. Well, her. I was going to bring her up. Fatima's next. great. Um, she's great. I did. I interviewed her. Have on the you podcast. had her? I did, and unfortunately, okay, some way midway through the podcast, her audio cut out and did something weird. So it's not right. it's not stellar audio, but but it's still All worth right. listening to because she's incredibly intelligent, pure of heart. Um, I think she would make a great. Uh, a great representative. So, uh, and, and you know what's kind of crazy? I can tell you a, a kind of quick aside on this, and, and this sort of goes into gerrymandering, and especially on the local level. And um, Fatima, this is her second time running, and the first time she built like a pretty big movement. So, what did they do? Well, they redistricted her yeah. uh, to try to take her momentum. They they cut up those districts. She fortunately was, it, she had the ability to move into the district she wanted to run in. So that's what she did. And then she called me up because she's like, Ron, I'm pretty sure you moved into my district. So we were like, oh, cool. We're in the same district now. Um, so, and the same thing happened miles and miles away where my parents live Wow. in Pittsburgh, <laughs> because there's a woman who I, I bet you probably heard this name, Summer Lee. Yeah who was building a ton of momentum, wanted to, um, you know, move on to, uh, to state. Uh, so they cut up her district, you know, I, I mean, so, so it's what kind of funny won't that do to like, stay in power. It's just, amazing. and it's Democrats doing it. I mean, oh, yeah, Republicans no, do a ton do of gerrymandering, both parties both do it parties and they do it, it to both, stop yes. lefties. That's right. And it's just so crazy it's that like, crazy. You know, like um, my also, neighborhood. Yeah. Anyway, I was gonna say also maybe a girl who is running against Adam Schiff. Um, if she wins that, she will be the first trans uh, member uh, in Congress, which I and think. And she she made the runoff, it yes. looks like, which is yeah. huge. Which I is mean, huge. yeah, I am a big fan of hers and, and definitely rooting for her. Adam Schiff is he's a war a juggernaut. Oh, he's, he, oh, a he's terrible. He's I a terrible. Yeah, he I is a neocon. Have, yeah. He's a CIA Democrat. I mean, yeah, that's, that's literally what he is. <laughs> he is, and it. he is a grifter upon grifters. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in some ways, like during during the whole RussiaGate thing, I, I oh felt god, in he some was like, ways, yeah, that was like I felt in some ways war. he was a freaking psycho. I, I mean, in yeah. some way, it's like because there were people that were genuinely hopeful. Right. That something was going to happen to Donald Trump. And he preyed on their hopes, took their money. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, you know, the word grifter is used so much that it's lost all its meaning. But my God, if there was a picture dictionary with the word grifter in it, <laughs> it should be his face. <laughs> he's a bigger grifter than Trump in a lot of ways, even. Yeah. I, I mean, he's the they're definitely worst. In the, they're in the very in the very least. They're on the same level. A hundred percent. That's why that's why he hated him so much. Game recognizes game. game. <laughs> Exactly. He's like, you're so good at this. I want to so get as good, good as you. Um, I want to talk about some of the other state level. Uh, I, you know, I just have to say on the state level, there were very few um, candidates to get excited about. 
I no. looked at the ballot and I was like, uh, yeah, there's not anybody I really like for governor. Like literally no. One. No, I, I think I left it blank. I, I left. Um, oh, well, well, I voted for the green for governor, but um, I left my, my congressional race. I, I left it blank. It was a, it was a corporate Democrat, a corporate Democrat or a Republican. I, I just left it yeah. blank. I'm like, I know that one of the corporate Democrats is going to win. It's likely going to be the incumbent. Mm hmm. I don't care. Like, like right. I, I don't. Why should I even bother voting in this? Right. I left it blank. I know some people they they say not to do that, but I'm just like, you know what? I'm so sometimes you know sick that's of... where you are. Um. So I felt like that way about just about every state level office position. Like there was nobody exciting in any of those races. Um. Where I think we might see some interesting things happen is the judgeships. This is the first time we saw a group of public defenders getting together and saying, let's run together on a slate and try to explain the problems inherent in our criminal justice system to the people right. of the state and why they should be electing some folks like us to these positions, which is good because in the past has always been you would go to a ballot and everybody would say like, oh, he's an ex, uh, you know, deputy district attorney. He's a prosecutor. He must be the person we want in that position, which is not necessarily the case, right? So I thought they made some compelling arguments and um, some of them are definitely winning their elections. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it was cool that there was so much information available. For the first time ever more, on judges, right? Like it's They shocking. really, yeah. there was a lot compiled on the judges. Knock LA did a good job. Uh, you know, the DSA had a good guide. I, you know, I don't agree with every decision the DSA right. has made, especially as of recent, but, but they had a good guide in this yeah. case. Um, and so, and knock LA was another good one. I put, I put up a, I had a little gorilla thing with their QR code that I had to put up in front of my apartment. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, that was really cool to see. And it was cool to see that, that people were just really enthusiastic about local stuff. And I, right. th we, we got to keep that momentum up through November because turnout was still low. Like it's not. I mean, like, yeah, we have some things to be happy about, but turnout overall was still it was not spectacular. Low. Um, the youth didn't As come it out to vote, is. which is problematic. These are the these are the youth are the ones that need to be coming out and voting in primaries. This is your future, yeah. guys. You need to show up and vote. I know you feel nihilistic, and you think you, if you vote harder, nothing will change. I totally get where you're coming from, um, given the shenanigans local of the last few years. But local is different. Primaries local are is different. different. They don't are. Tune out I mean, those. it's yeah. like don't tune out a local. I, and and I really blame our society for a lot of this. We make it out like the most important election is presidential. And then come not. midterms. Then comes yeah. it's the opposite. Locals right. by far. Local primaries far are the, the most by important. Far. Yeah, exactly. If you vote in I mean, one election a year, make it your local primary. If you had a bunch of community organizers running a freaking community, this country would change That's immediately. Right. And so many of these primary candidates don't get out of the primary because they don't have the war chest. They don't have the money. They don't have the party yeah. backing. So yeah. if they don't make it out of the primary, you get to the general and you have two shit candidates. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it is reassuring some of the stuff that happened here in L.A. Like yeah, it was one of the few times where I wasn't just completely discouraged and, and even in my district i mean yeah like i didn't get the results well we didn't get the results that we wanted in our district but they can't ignore brian and and the people behind him so it's like okay one of you guys um you know can get my vote danielle right. or tim you know i'm not completely closed off to either i'm not thrilled about either 
and I'll be totally upfront. I mean, you know, I've, I've had a couple people approach me on behalf of, uh, of, of him. Right. And I'm like, look, you want to set up a chat? I'll chat with the guy. I'm not going to go easy. I'm going to be upfront about my concerns, Yeah. but I'll hear them out. And, you know, like I will vote for one of them or I will leave it blank. Either one of them could win me or both could lose me or one could lose me. So, (laughs) you know, I mean, um, and and I think it's good to have some leverage. Like locally, it's like you have leverage. If one of them gets all of Brian's supporters, whoever gets that will win. Voters need to take their power back. Voters need to understand they do have power. Their power is in their vote. These people still need your vote to be in office. So exercise that i mean see it for what it is you know it party no, party like shenanigans aside local primaries you can definitely affect the outcomes of these in big no, ways you, you really can i, I mean local is, is just a different ball game yeah. i'm not saying local's perfect of course it's no, not nothing's perfect but, but you the know point what is, is like stop being entirely nihilistic about everything refocus mm-hmm. your energy and and put it into something that actually you can make a difference with you know that's that's all i'm saying I feel you. So I'm what other, you. any other races that you thought were interesting? I think we covered it. I, we I mean, too, I, yeah. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. There wasn't, I mean, the, the ballot initiatives were very, I thought, basic. Nothing spicy, that, super basic. Nothing spicy. Bonds, yeah. I mean, I mean, the local, uh, you know, the local um, bidding thing. I mean, I, I don't know why anyone would necessarily be against that. Like, let local people have the first say like that's fine you know i mean i voted for it um unless i'm missing something yeah no that means just it's i just it's a technical wording change i believe to uh what we already have on the books yeah i i mean yeah so i mean i, I don't uh, they i was i just kind of read that initially like, yeah, you know that okay, might have been cool. i think the history on that is it, it stems from uh grift really graft uh you know buying off politicians okay. but but really in in the markets we're in now you can you know, buy a politician off from you know another country if you wish to right i mean dark yeah, money is dark I mean, money so okay yeah no i i just i just yeah i don't know i mean i mean sometimes these things they're like worded so confusingly you're that like, you're what? like yeah <laughs> you're just like oh i <laughs> You're like, oh, cool. You voted to uh, outlaw parks. Oh, I thought I voted for a bike lane. What the hell? This thing, <laughs> this thing was worded really confusingly. But but yeah, that one seemed that pretty, pretty straightforward. straightforward. Yeah. Like it was just like, yeah. okay. And I just kind of look at it and I'm like, all right. I don't really know what all changed. But yeah, this sounds better than not having it. So sure. But <laughs> like... But uh, yeah, so there wasn't anything too exciting. No. Now I think that the public bank movement is is, is picking back up big time. I so hope we so. We might have some. We set up. We might have some exciting things on the peripheral. Yeah, I think that will be great. Um, hopefully, they put something on the ballot for the general election. All right. So antitrust bills s uh, s two nine nine two s two seven one zero really important stuff that's going through Congress yes. right now. Make sure. Um, you get informed on that. It could really, I think, really, it makes a difference to everyone. I mean, literally everyone. We cannot live under these monopolies anymore. Um, we, it's, you know, it, the other thing we didn't talk about, but the crushing, the crushing part for me is the cost of our, of these monopolies, right? So we're paying out the wazoo for shitty performance and shitty service on top of everything else, Absolutely, right? yeah. And, and it's holding us back from our potential. So yeah, please, yep. everyone, if, if I can just, uh, you know, like like reiterate the plugs here. 
antitrustsummer.com. Sign the petition. It takes less than a minute. Please, antitrustsummer.com. And on a personal note, uh, I'm going to be on the road some. I'm going to be in Reykjavik, Iceland for the Fringe Festival at the end of this month, uh, June 28th and June 30th, romplacone.com for those tickets. Graham Elwood and I will be in the Pacific Northwest, July 28th, Portland, 29th, Seattle, 30th, Vancouver, British Columbia. You can get tickets uh, for that at romplacone.com. So robplacode.com for show dates and please antitrustsummer.com sign the petition and we need you to sign it now. They promised to vote next week. We right. need you to sign now. Antitrustsummer.com.